Hello and welcome to Counsel from Above, your place to ask questions of a counselor you wish he would answer from the Bible. I am your host, Nathan Honeycutt, licensed professional counselor, minister of the Church of Christ, getting an opportunity to sit down and talk further about the topic of depression. Welcome and thank you for being here. I encourage you to be a part of our program and be a part of the work that we're doing by jumping on our Facebook page. You can find us at Counsel from Above podcast where you can be a part of the program, be able to ask your questions, to be able to join in. Here recently, we've been getting a lot of feedback and a lot of work together. Uh, when someone asks a question, many are providing answers, and I appreciate the buzz. I appreciate all that's going on. I encourage you to like, reply, to comment, to join in and be a part of the program. You can also send me your questions by sending it to counselfromabove at gmail.com. This is also a place where you can send it to me privately. You can ask to be anonymous or whatever you'd like in which we could be able to think about some questions that you might want answered from God's Word. It is an awesome opportunity for us to come together, think about what the Bible says, and to get us started as we continue our journey towards Him. Today's question, as mentioned, are really focused again on the topic of depression. I had posted a question asking, what questions do you wish someone would answer about the topic of depression? And I got a number of questions that I thought were really, really good questions, and I appreciated them. And I felt like they were good to be considering and thinking about, and that's our focus today. I do have four questions. I'm gonna, one of them was pretty short, so I'm going to try to blend it in and keep us under our usual time frame, but be able to talk together. I want to begin a different way today, and the change I want to make is I want to start with a Bible verse uh, that it, I want to use as our overreaching thought as we consider the questions today. Uh, the passage comes from Matthew chapter 26, uh, beginning with verse 36. That's Matthew chapter 26, beginning with verse 36. Those that are uh, familiar with God's Word knows that this is the section that Matthew writes just before Jesus goes to the cross. So they're in the Garden of Gethsemane, and you have the events that are recorded there, uh, this particular one by Matthew. And so I'm reading from the IEB, it's International English Bible, and this is the, the way that they translate that. So this is what it says. So beginning at verse number 36, Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 beginning, when Jesus and his followers went to a place called Gethsemane, Jesus said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him. He began to feel sad and depressed. Then he said to them, My soul is full of sorrow. I am going to die. Stay here and be watchful with me. And then Jesus went forward a short distance and bowed down to pray. He said, My father, if it is possible... Take this cup of suffering away from me, that you, but what you want is more important than what I want. And Jesus came to his followers, and he found them sleeping. And he asked Peter, So were you not strong enough to stay awake with me for just one hour? Watch and pray for strength against temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. I use this as a backdrop uh, because I want to continue to come back to some things found in this text as we think about our questions. 
So question number one comes from Casey Flint. He says, how do you reconcile being a Christian yet still suffering from depression? It seems that too often we get the notion that we shouldn't have problems with depression if we are a Christian, or that perhaps our faith is weak if we are depressed. You know, Casey, this is a great question, and I have heard this question over and over again. And often when I hear this statement, a good Christian shouldn't have this problem, or a Christian should never have, uh, shouldn't be dealing with this, or something of that nature, you know what comes to my mind? My comes to my mind is this statement. That is a statement that Satan would say, not a statement that God would say. Satan is the one that tells us depression is only for the ungodly. Depression only occurs, only happens, only is felt by those that are not right with God. And it is that weight, it is that statement, it is that thinking that overpowers, overshadows, and begins to suppress a person's willingness to address it. Because what happens are two things. Number one, they're feeling depressed for whatever the reason it might be at the time. Now they're feeling guilty because, well, a good Christian wouldn't feel this way. And so then on top of that, now they feel more depressed because they're upset with their guilt for feeling depressed. So if you ever think about flushing a toilet and flowing down the toilet bowl, that's what's happening is you have this depression that is going on for the reasons that it might be there. And now on top of it, Satan is piling guilt and shame and remorse and all the other things saying, well, you're a bad person, you're a bad Christian, and on and on the list goes. Well, go back to our text. In that particular text, if you go back to what we read, what did we hear? Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, felt. Verse 37, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him, he began to feel sad and depressed. If feeling depression is a sin, Jesus is not sinless. If feeling depression is a sin, a violation of God's law, Jesus Christ cannot be our Messiah. Let that roll around a moment. We know Jesus lived a sinless life. He was perfect, the perfect sacrifice of all for mankind, once for all. We know this is a fact, yet Jesus felt sad and depressed. Go back to the question Casey asks. How do we reconcile being a Christian yet still suffering from depression? The reconciliation is welcome to humanity. When things go in our world against what we wanted, against what's happened, if it's the cards that we're dealt through our genetic components, it's part of humanity. 
depression, feeling depressed, is an emotion that in and of itself is not wrong. What determines right and wrong is how do we act once that happens. If I feel depressed, how am I managing it? That determines right and wrong, good and evil, heaven and hell. It's it's not the feeling itself. If, If someone dies, if I lose something and I don't feel a sense of depression, then one of two things is the case. Number one, they aren't that important to me. That's four, I don't feel that way. Or two, that if I don't feel depressed, there's something wrong with me. Jesus knew what he was going to suffer. Verse 38, my soul is full of sorrow. My inner being, my mindset, my heart inside of me, Jesus' words, they, I am full of sorrow. I'm going to die. Now, we read that as it being literal, which he is absolutely in the next few hours will die. That is a fact. But I'm wondering if this statement isn't a figure of speech that we use when we feel overly depressed and we feel like we're about to die. That's where Jesus was. If it is a sin to feel depression, Jesus can't be the Messiah. But because we know he is perfect, sinless, wonderful that he is, we have to conclude that feeling depressed, having depression, is not a sin. Question number two. What are the symptoms? Excuse me, Bob Deffenbaugh asked the question. What are the symptoms? Can it be overcome without medications? I've got a history uh, of depression. Uh, Mike Lawson also says, best solution, quote, question mark, Talk therapy or medications? Number one, what are the symptoms? Think about our text. What does our text tell us? Symptoms of depression, feeling sorrowful, feeling sad, feeling down, unwilling to go do things, unwilling to get out, unwilling uh, to in uh, losing some joy in things that are normally there. These are all the symptoms of depression. Sometimes they are... Uh, um, what you would call environmentally driven. For instance, uh, if you lose a job or if um, somebody moves away or if if there's some sort of a loss, then there's going to be this internal feeling of depression because uh, something has changed, something that you were counting on, something that you like was there is not there now. Uh, sometimes depression is a chemical imbalance. It's it's actually because of um, the genetics that you have within you. Your brain isn't communicating like it's supposed to and therefore brings about uh, these particular things. So when you think about the symptoms of depression, it's really focused upon um, this, this downcast, this I don't want to do things. I want to separate. I want to segregate. I want to pull away. I want to create... Uh, this this division. And, and so those are kind of the symptoms. Sometimes they're short-lived. Sometimes it's a way of life. 
for some people, uh, depression is a feeling that will never go away. It's, it's about management. It's not about eradication. For some people, uh, it absolutely is a, a, a situation in which this has happened in this moment, and because it's happened in this moment, and these are the things that are going on, that it can be momentary. And so really, it kind of depends uh, which one it is, where it's coming from, as to the best way to manage it. Uh, can it be overcome without medications? The answer is yes, sort of, probably. Eh. <laughs> How's that for an answer? Think about that. This is my view of medications, and this is I'm going to leave it in this. This is my opinion. This is my thinking. Someone else can have a different opinion. I that, that's fine. This is my opinion about medications. Medications for depression has a place if you recognize its purpose. Medications can minimize or lessen the impact that is currently going on within our brain to give us skills, knowledge, a rest, a break, so that we can then tackle it and may not need to be continued. For some people, uh, because of the uh, change that was within them, the the chemical imbalance that is going on. The only way to get balanced again is by having the medication. Uh, for some people that truly have, uh, you know, Bob mentions having some history from the family. If it's a genetic component, one of the ways to help give the skills, tools, is to let the chemicals uh, get reset. And we do that through medications. And so it is without a doubt possible to utilize medications to be able to address situations, to address um, the things that are going on, uh, whether it be even uh, for a period of time or um, throughout time. You know, if I think about someone who's uh, feeling depressed because of an environmental situation and they're needing to uh, learn skills, gain strength, uh, be able to work through it, then yeah, a period of time with a uh, antidepressant is certainly something that can help them gain the skills. When we think about someone who is uh, working with a chemical imbalance, um, then at that point you're you are looking at maybe a, a antidepressant that's going to probably a daily thing for, for maybe even the rest of your life, uh, just simply because it helps the brain to communicate, no matter what skills are in place. Some people, even with the chemical imbalance, gain the skills, learn that it's there, and are able to overcome it without medications. But for some, that is a, that's a tall task. That's a tall order. So when we think about talk therapy versus medications, talk therapy is all about processing, gaining skills and knowledge, and being able to adjust to the things that are there. So sometimes medication is used to put the skills in place so that then the medication can be removed, the skills can be used, and is able to move forward. So really what we're finding in the mental health field is your best combination in managing depression is a use of uh, talk therapy along with a regimen of medications and then reevaluation whether that means uh, continuing the therapy and reducing the medications, then continuing the therapy and then ultimately ending it and being able to then move forward with the new skills and knowledge, 
whether that's a working with the therapy to gain and understand this is what's going on in my life and then a continuation, whatever it might be, work with your provider, work with your therapist, work with your uh, psychiatrist uh, to be able to do that. Uh, the other thing I would kind of indicate in this place is, is that many primary care physicians, PCPs, have some rudimentary knowledge of medications for depression, uh, for mental health. But it's, it is truly rudimentary. It is, it is a small amount. And I, and I appreciate them. They, they continue to do their best to help their patients, and I absolutely applaud them for that. But if you are struggling and thinking about medication, go to a psychiatrist. These are individuals who have dedicated their medical field in understanding medications. Now, realize going to a surgeon, you're probably going to have surgery. Going to a psychiatrist, you're probably walking out with meds. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. So if you're wanting to think about medications for depression, go to a psychiatrist. They know what they're doing. They understand the medications, realizing and understanding that there are a ton of medications for depression, a ton of medications. And there's a trial and error process when it comes to it. You may take one, it may not last, may not work, may got to go to a different one, or you may do this or you may do that. It's not a one pill fix everything. So go to a psychiatrist. They know all of those things. They understand those things. They're able to then be able to help. If you're wanting to talk about it, you're wanting to process it, you're wanting to avoid medications, go to a therapist, whether that is a uh, clinical social worker, whether that is a licensed professional counselor, whichever the, the discipline may be, whichever the case may be, go to them and talk to them. Uh, you can also go to great people are psychologists. They can put you through a battery of tests and be able to really kind of hone down on what is the issue that's going on. And so these are the best places to be able to find those answers, to find that ability, to see whether it's environmental, whether it is truly a chemical imbalance, and then ultimately gaining the skills and the knowledge uh, to be able to move forward. Uh, the, the last question I have comes from uh, Larry Pop Ellis, and he says, how do I prevent feeling depressed? Larry, this is a great question um, because that's really where the therapist comes into play, and that's really where a therapist really kind of thrives is working to prevent, process through, and, and to move through. Uh, you may check one of my previous podcasts where we talked about Elijah, and as we thought about considering and talked about in 1 Kings, Elijah, after on the mountain seeing the fire rain down from heaven, he burns up all the sacrifice and, and he, God shows his power over the uh, priests of Baal. You have the very next verses after that. Uh, Jezebel finds out. Jezebel goes to kill him and he goes into a depression. And he goes into this deep sadness that even goes so far as to asking God to kill him. That's how bad that situation got in the mind of Elijah. The best way in preventing feeling depressed is actually given by God in that text. There are four things that he provides to be able to answer it. Number one, he allowed Elijah to sleep. 
Having the right amount of sleep is important when battling depression. Now listen to my statement. The right amount of sleep. This is not have all the sleep in the world. This is not sleep all day long. It is have the right amount of sleep. Eight, six, eight, nine, ten hours of sleep a day. That's what our body needs in order to best function. Thus, we are needing to get that right amount of sleep. So number one, the right amount of sleep. Number two, the right diet. In that text, God says, eat this. He provides him the meal he needs. Read the good things. When you're depressed, that's when you're eating the half tub of ice cream, the full bag of chips, the the sodas, and on and on. The stuff that's got high sugar, high fats, and stuff that just make you feel blah. That's not the stuff to eat when depressed. In order to avoid feeling depression, eat the good foods, the vegetables, the fruits, the meats, the dairy products, the things like that that are natural things that God has provided for our body to be sustained. Avoid the processed foods. Really focus upon uh, eating the things that God makes uh, versus eating the things that man throw together. Number three, the right amount of exercise. The very next thing he tells Elijah to do is go for 40 days and come see me. So he travels for 40 days. That right amount of exercise, the more you move, the better it is. Sitting in your house only makes you depressed. Sitting in your house doing nothing makes you depressed. Therefore, you sit around your house and do nothing, which makes you feel depressed. Get out of the house. Move, 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 move. Even though you don't want to, even though you don't like it, even though it's not the greatest thing in the world, get moving. There are things that you enjoyed prior to being depressed. You may not feel all joy in doing those now, but the reality is those are the things that you need to be doing, the things that you like to go go do. Even though you may not like it, even though it may not be what you want in that moment, go do it. Go out there. Go for your walks. Get the endorphins. Get the body moving. Workout, exercise. Uh, These are things that God moves Elijah to do. The fourth thing that he gives is he gives him reassurance by having the right people to talk to. You'll notice that once he makes it to the mountain and he has this conversation with God, he says, I am alone. No one else is around. I am the only one that is faithful. God says, no, you're not the only one faithful. Here's the thousands that are faithful to me. You are not the only one. The other thing he tells him to do is go find Elisha. Go find your quote-unquote therapist. Go find the person to talk to, the person that's going to encourage, the person that's going to give you the truth, the person who's going to tell you the way that it is. That's the person to talk to. Have that conversation. Have that connection. Grow together. Those are the things. It doesn't have to be a therapist. Uh, It can be your spouse. It could be um, your parents. It could be the preacher, an elder, uh, on and on and on the list goes of trusted people that care, love, and want what's best for you, and they're going to be the ones that will be providing you the best information that they have. And so there's where you find the answers in being able to prevent it because really God gave us the keys. Now, it's really interesting 
that when I went to school and through the studying that I've done and all the stuff that's gone on, if you go to uh, a, a person of the world uh, that has no connection to God or the Bible, that's a counselor, and you ask them what's the best tools for depression, they're going to tell you uh, you need to get the right amount of sleep, you need to eat right, you need to exercise, and you need to talk to somebody about it. <laughs> God's already done it. <laughs> That's exact things that God prescribed to Elijah. That's the exact things that help us to prevent feeling depressed and getting through feeling depression. Because really, when we think about our feelings, it's about moving through, singing, seeing a bigger picture, and working forward to the glory of God. I am excited and appreciate your willingness to listen this, to this podcast and to continuing your support as we think about things that God has told us to help us draw closer to Him. I'm still needing questions. I encourage you to send them. Get them to me. I want to add them to the podcast. Jump on our Facebook page. Continue to like and share and comment and really push this out. Uh, We are coming up on our one-year mark. And as we get closer to that one-year mark, I've got more giveaways that I want to do, and I want to get us excited about continuing to learn more about God's Word. I appreciate your willingness to listen, your continued support of this program and of this podcast. Who are you telling? Who are you letting you know about this program? Anything that you can do to help support this, to help be able to spread it out to those who are in need, I would greatly appreciate it. But above all, in all that we do, let us serve God to the best of our ability, giving Him our best, doing all that we can to be the people that He would want us to do by listening to His voice, His message, His things, because all of us are living our life each and every day, striving to listen to His counsel from above.